This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is... You win? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via other participating restaurants, 18 plus rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and time supply, see mcdonalds.com. Okay, welcome everybody to the first uh, post-match uh, review episode of Forever Bristol City Podcast 23-24 season. I'm delighted to be joined by uh, Mark uh, Tovey and Ian Gay. And I think Neil says he's uh, can hear us now. So Neil Sutton, hopefully uh, you can join in as well, Neil. Um, I'm going to get everybody talking about the positives from uh, yesterday. Ian, for you, the positives. I know that's going to come hard, but tell us about the positives. The positives for me were Rob Dickey, and Zach Viner. George Tanner did okay. Um, uh, the rest of the side didn't. Uh, Max O'Leary was all right, uh, but we struggled badly against Preston and should have lost the game. But those are, those are the only absolute positives that I can find from the 90 minutes. Okay. Mark, you're always able to put a good positive turn on things. Uh, what, what are your reflections, having thought about it overnight? Um, I think over overnight's made me made me calm down a bit. I thought Zach Viner was outstanding. His ability to step in and read the situation, you know, calmness in the tackle, stepping up, stepping up the pitch, cutting out passing to their front man was brilliant. Uh, Rob Dickey was very good as well, and I think he probably played within himself. He probably wanted to get further forward uh, into the midfield, but it was just too congested. I thought Sam Bell did okay when he got on the ball, gave us good options up the left, but I thought we were tactically naive. We had no intensity, and it was a very flat and disappointing performance. We deserved to lose. We were lucky to get a point. We deserved to lose. That's strong words. Uh, Neil, assuming you've got sound, yeah? Um, I'm asking everybody for positives. What what were the positives from your perspective? Can I check that you can hear me, Dave? Yeah, we got you perfectly. Brilliant. Yeah. Fantastic. Pretty much the only... Well, other than the ones that have already been described by uh, Ian and Mark, the only positive for me is we didn't lose the game. Really. Yeah. Um, and it's and it's the type of game that, that Pearson alludes to that if you're not going to play well, make sure you don't lose. So that, to me... Realistically, we didn't play well, and we'll go through why we didn't play well, other than a couple of individuals, but we didn't lose the game. Yeah, and it's all about 40, it's a 46 game season. No, you're right. I mean, look, I mean, if you want to take a positive spin on it, that's only one defeat in the last 10 years on the opening day fixture, but that's three in a row. But we haven't won. Preston went into this with no wins on the opening day for uh, five years, and they can consider themselves uh, unlucky. I'll be honest, look, I didn't watch the game live. I watched it on Robin's TV because I'm just winding down the final day of my holiday uh, over in uh, Cyprus. But I have to say it was a performance that was so, so familiar to the type of performance we've been seeing at Ashton Gate, I'll say since the heady days of 2017-18 season. You know, not pretty to watch. 
Decent crowd, 23,500. It wasn't a full house because Preston only bought 1,200, and that's why there was lots of seats uh, in the uh, Atio. I noticed quite a few empty seats in the South Stand as well. So whether that was people on holiday who hadn't worked out how to forward their season tickets, uh, I don't really know. That said, I managed to forward my season ticket to a friend and reading between the lines, it looks like there weren't any problems with the uh, digital uh, ticketing. But uh, we'll talk about some of the off the field stuff uh, later on. Ian, I'll come to you first. Um, it's all about starting lineups. Uh, the team in certain areas picks itself, but what did you think when you saw that lineup announced at, uh, at two o'clock? Yeah, I wasn't surprised. Uh, once Scott's out, Vyman's a natural replacement if we're going to play that the formation with two tens, so a four one two three. Um, the fact that he went off with a reoccurrence of the same injury he had in pre season is uh poor, and at that point, we'd lost six players out of the first team to injury, so you can't do much different. The only thing you can do is uh, change the formation and uh, that's personally that's what I do for Millwall next week having a look at that performance and hopefully Scott will be back for that from what Pearson said but I, I never put money on any pronouncements on injuries because we've got a terrible record of saying someone's not far away 10 weeks later we still haven't seen them so well, yeah. the, the only I, I don't think there was much else um, you could do with that team yesterday and uh, I was quite hopeful when yeah. I saw it. But, well, all uh, the pre-season euphoria, plenty of goals against, by and large, pretty inferior opposition. Preston's pre-season had been uh, mixed, but I think they tested themselves more than uh, we had looking at some of the fixtures. Yeah. That Mark, Ian said, uh, no real surprises with the lineup. I guess you can put them any three from six, though, when it comes to the forward department, yes? Yeah, I think the problem is... <laughs> Um, for Pearson, he, he, I think he likes to play Harry Cornick. He's now had a pre-season. Was he going to exceed expectations on his performance from last season? And the other problem is shoehorning Andy Vyman, Vyman, who's a number 10, into a wide midfield position behind the front three or one, two. Uh, I think Ian said it's an antic before, you know, to, 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 you know, to coin one of Ian's phrases and an antic, not a tactic. And he wasn't fit anyway. But it Just, was his birthday and he is club captain. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I, I mean, football can be a bit sentimental, uh, but I mean that, yeah, I mean, it just doesn't work. He, I think he was asked at the presser on Thursday what his best position was. It's number 10. He just looks so out of place. He can play wide. He can play wide in a four-three, or he could play down the middle. Stick him there. You just shoehorn, trying to trying to fit him into a side, and that that's a bit of a bit of a mess. Maybe an extra midfielder would be better, but we didn't have one. Cal Naismith injured. Uh, Alex Scott injured. Then you're looking at Andy King, who hasn't got. I don't think he's got the stamina to last the whole game. Um, otherwise, I would have had maybe Tommy Conway for for uh, for Harry Cornick, but none of those players can hold on to the ball with their back to goal. And and that was, was evident throughout the game. No, no, none of them can do that. There's nobody like Semenyo who's strong enough to break the lines or take their ball, ball with a back to goal and, you know, bring player players into play. And, and yeah. unless we play, unless we pass the ball quicker, which we didn't, that's then, then you get a problem. <laughs> yeah. Neil sort of uh, consistent views from uh, Mark, and uh, Ian, uh, what were your thoughts? I mean, Harry Cornick ahead of Sykes for one. What, what were your thoughts about that? Well, I think we've got we've got a way of playing that um, we play on the fast break. We're sort of you know top four for fast breaks. We need teams to come on to us when teams sit back and denies the space behind, and they say, "Right, yeah, fill your boots. Come on, now, what have you got?" We are generally useless. That's why, in a lot of ways, we're a better away team than we are at home. We can't impress it. Yesterday, Dave, I sent you that thing up 30 minutes, didn't I? Yeah, you did. Where there was actually no shots on target for any side, no, no corners for any side, nothing for anything. We just watched half an hour of nothingness. Yeah. Now, Pres Preston, at the start of last season, 
what did they have about six nil nils or something? Didn't they? Yeah, they scored record, one goal seven in about, nil nils to start the season. They didn't. They didn't concede a goal for their first seven games. Yeah, yeah, and crazy. So, you know, you know that they are going to be solid. They're going to be saying, right, okay, break us down. And we couldn't. But then they weren't adventurous in any shape or form in the first half. It took us scoring at the start of the second half for them to come out of their shells and actually have a go at us, yeah. which we'll come to, obviously. Yeah. But team-wise, I looked at it and I thought, well, that is basically the team of last season, isn't it? I mean, night, night for... Um, Knight for Scott and Dickie for Callas. Or well, Dickie another yeah. that was playing left centre-back at the end of last season. Otherwise, nothing's really changed, has it? And the way we were playing, nothing had really changed. And yeah. the last two, three months of the season, yeah, we, we were good January to January to March. We were good. Last three months of the season, we weren't great, Dave. Well, no, we, we lost. You know, we, we, we didn't, we didn't last, finish. We, we, didn't finish. we lost two of the last no. Yeah. We did. We didn't finish on a flourish at all. No, no. So I'm not quite sure why we thought, or people thought, when I saw the team, why we thought that team was going to perform any differently to the team that finished the end of last season. But it scored 26 goals in pre-season friendlies with very few behind. So you know we were. That's where. That's where well, all the euphoria came from. You know. Yeah, but I, I went. One, I, one of those matches was us playing against half of our under 21 side. But look, yeah, but so, I, I, think... I went I went to Cheltenham, Dave, and that was a competitive game. Yeah. And, you know, on, honestly, you know, we didn't have the wherewithal there to break down there we go. What is a, a Cheltenham league, side. A league, a league one side. Well, there we go. All right. Let's look at the first half. And I want a great deal to talk about. As Neil said, nothing. Ian uh, and all three of you, I'll ask you both, uh, all, all three of you on the... There were two incidents in the first half that I've got. Uh, Ian, talk, talk about both. And then, as I say, the same from Mark and Neil. Was that a penalty when Naki was brought down? And then after Naki had set up Sam Bell, should he have tucked that one away to give us uh, an interval lead? You first, uh, Ian, on those two points. Don't, don't know. And yes. I'd like to enlarge upon that. <laughs> well, I'd, I'd, need, I'd need to watch the... You know, I watched I watched the game without the benefit of replays. Um, I haven't watched it back. I suppose like anything else, possibly. Um, the one with Sam Bell, I would have liked to have seen Sam chop inside from his left foot to his right foot. I have seen that one back on Sky, and the keeper got very close to him. So the keeper did well. He came out, we say narrow the angle, smothered him really. So hopefully what Sam should have done was chopped back onto his stronger foot and tried to take the ball inside, um, inside the keeper and finish on his right. But he didn't do that. So um, coming back to Sam Bell, I, I mean, Sam would be a dangerous player um, if he had some service. The The issue for me, and I'll just get this in because I, I, I wrote it down, um, our local paper said midfield seemed to be a bit of an issue. So I replied and said, uh, lack of control, physicality, passing, pace, creativity and shooting. Poor positional play. They were completely square and zero service to our forwards. So, so yes, some issues. All right. Mark, that's, those two incidents. That, that's, first... that's what was wrong with it. But on yeah. those two, yeah. Yeah. Mark, um, I, I, I had the benefit of watching it on the... Robin's uh, TV with uh, Rob Atkinson. Uh, he missed the goal, funnily enough, because he was uh, just come out of the gents' toilet with the. Uh, with, <laughs> no, he had. He said, "I've just come out of the toilet from uh, with the uh, uh, Mickey Bell." They're talking about Sam's miss at the end of the half. Yeah, but uh, that apart, I mean, that penalty. Well, what I was trying to say was, I saw all the replays live, and <clears throat> Rob Atkinson said. He'd have been very annoyed if that penalty had been given against him. Have you have you seen it over? And should I, no, I, I I read I read his I read his comment. I think he ran across he ran across Wales. Yeah. With VAR, you look at the amount of contact. There was contact on onto onto Wales. Is it enough for, for him for, for, for to cause a penalty? The referee you would have to review it. You get a lot of away with a lot in the championship, as we'll allude to when we come on uh, to the to the uh, other Viner incident uh, with Sam Bell. 
Woodman's got a very good position and he does the splits. So he makes it very hard, makes himself very big. He's almost on top of Bell. So neither thing for Bell to do to get maximum impact, he has to chop back onto his right. There are defenders closing the goal. So he has to, he'd have to, he'd need very quick feet, but that was all he could do. There weren't any other, def- any other forwards in play. No. So it's not like he can play the ball back. That's to... what I thought. You've both said that, that if he'd been able to get it onto his right foot, because I thought mm. if he'd have got it onto his right foot, as I saw it, he dragged it wide, although the keeper did well to spread himself. But if he got it on his right foot, he might have got a stronger shot away. And he might have just kept in at the keeper's near post if he started to move uh, left. How did you see those two incidents, uh, Neil, the uh, non-penalty and uh, the non-goal? No, I I don't think it was a penalty, first of all. Um, The ref, who no doubt will come to as well, let a hell of a lot go during the game. A hell of a lot. There were tackles going in from behind that he wasn't even calling his free kicks, let alone bookings. There were some... Yeah, he. I think he only booked one player in the entire team yeah. in the entire game or something like that. Um, as for the Bell chance, the only shot in the first half for either side. Um, my feeling when it came about, obviously it came about from a Preston mistake, one of those rare occasions where we actually effectively put a bit of a press on and they miss hit a, a pass back. When he crossed it, my immediate thought was it was slightly under hit. He didn't zip it across with a bit of pace. So it was just slightly or ever so marginally across. So Bell was running through and I thought the pace on the ball was just a little bit slow, giving Woodman the chance to actually come out and cover it. If he'd have zipped it across a little bit quicker, I think Woodman might have been in a bit of a worse position than what he was actually in. And that said... Yeah, go on. Sorry. That said, I think a quality forward, no disrespect to Bell, might have looked to dink it over him rather than actually pass it. Interesting you make the point about the ball not zipping across. Somebody put this on a thread on uh, OTIB, that the grass seemed to be a little... It's a new playing surface. The grass seemed to be a little bit longer and it wasn't sticking. You know, a number of passes were falling short. Do you think that was an example of that, Neil? Yeah, there were a number of passes in the first half. James was culpable for this uh, in a couple of times where there were a number of under-hit passes. But then I think part of our play in that first half, well, I don't want to get ahead of myself, David, because we're just talking about the the two things, but we're trying to hit balls into those front threes when they've got big, solid units behind them. Whereas if you're playing against a back three, the spaces are behind the full-backs and the wing backs, and we never really hit those spaces for Bell to go in. Why he's not hit? Why we're not hitting the ball over the top for Bell to run onto? Because that's his strength. Rather than expecting him to come short and do some sort of link up, I can't quite see it with Sam. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, look, we had uh, half time, uh, and then right at the start of the uh, second half. Um, we got the goal. And Harry Cornick, who's somebody I think unfairly described as never mind controlling the ball, he has difficulty controlling uh, his body. Um, yeah, all three forwards were involved in the goal, Ian. Um, take us through it as you as you as you saw it. Yeah, it was a good 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 goal. Um, it was scrappy, but all goals are good goals, and there's never a bad time to score one. Uh Cornick long throw. Um Bounced around in the penalty area. I think Dickie got a touch on it, somebody else. Uh, a shot by Wells hit the post. Came back, Sam, well, John, uh, Sam Bell, Johnny on the spot. Tucks it away with his right foot. It wasn't an easy finish, but he's, he's put it away into the bottom corner um, for only our second shot on target in ni- the whole of the 90 minutes. So yeah. well done, Sam. Yeah, yeah. Good goal from your perspective. As Ian said, any goal for us is a good goal. Uh, Naki... Got his shot away well, came back, um, tap in, but it came to it came to Sam quickly, didn't it? Yeah. So uh, as Ian said, did well. Are oh, you talking to me, Dave? I am, Mark. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think a, a defender defender headed it out to uh, Wells. He followed it, followed it well. 
uh, hit the post and came across the box. And there was Sam Bell to put it in the back of the net. But yeah, only two shots on target. That was only the, the second shot. We didn't have another shot on target in the whole game. But he was yeah. on the spot. And and that was the the point where he thought we'd go on and try and get try and get a second, but it wasn't as well the as we'll talk we'll about in a minute. In a minute, Neil, the goal. I mean, can you imagine Nigel giving them a talking to at half time so that they came out spurred for action? And you know, Cornick. Yeah, I'm going to say well, he does a decent throw, but we had Zach Viner could throw it in that fast uh, or that far in days gone by. So is this is this Cornick? Is this what? And this thing with Cornick, right? Let's not have a Cornick bashing session, but obviously it sounds like me starting it. This thing with Cornick, it was let's get a preseason into him, and when he knows the Ashton Gate, well, the HPC way of training players to be super fit and extra brilliant, right? They're going to be great. I remember the same thing being said about Casey Palmer, and that was four million quid that went down the drain. But fair play to Harry Cornick. He doesn't mean throw, doesn't he? Uh, I thought a difference at that throw actually was Dickey, giving us the physical presence up there. A big yeah. old unit. He took it, he took out three of their defenders. And as I say, the, um, the ball dropped to Naki. My overwhelming feeling from E32 in the Dolman was it was a hell of a save by Freddie Woodman to tip it onto the post. I think the keeper actually got fingers to it to tip it onto the post. Do you? But a composed fit, yeah, hell of a hell of a save if it was. Mm. And uh, but uh, composed finish by Bell. Yeah. But yeah, we didn't kick on, did we? I think yeah. Preston then turned around and went, "Stuff it, we're going to go for it now." Well, that was it, Ian. Um, Preston, that goal seemed to spur them because, as you said to me before we went uh, live recording, you know they had enough chances after that to um, win the game comfortably, didn't they? Yeah. Before we come on to their equaliser later, but uh, we what what went wrong after the goal? Did we sit back? Did they up their game? A combination of the two? They up their game and we couldn't compete because we're not fit enough. We're not strong enough. Um, it was, you only had to look at the two lineups. Every time I say it, I mean, okay, you'd have two players who would have probably been in the side, uh, who I'm looking at and thinking if they're anything like they should be in the side in the base of the midfield, and that's McCrory and Tanner. Now, Pearson said he's going to play McCrory right back. I think he'd be wasted there. Playing where the Aberdeen fans say he's best, holding midfield, play Naismith next to him if you're going to play two. And you've got two blokes who are six foot plus six. I think McCrory's six two. That are that have got some physicality and can win the ball in the air. I thought Joe Williams did well from a defensive standpoint when he came on. Some headers from set pieces, clearing headers. Yeah. Um, but they looked taller, stronger, fitter, and that lack of physicality. Um, Knight couldn't get into the game at all. Um, didn't look anything like the player Derby fans described. I don't think playing 10 is his best position. I think he's an eight. And whoever we play, uh, assuming that McCrory and Naismith aren't back at Millwall, then we need to play three narrow across midfield yeah. to be able to but compete. Let's, let's talk about Millwall in a minute. We, can, we, we can't afford, what I'm trying to say is from yesterday, we can't afford the luxury of a 10. I mean, our midfield yesterday had nothing. No. Nothing no, at how all. Many, Ian, how many years have we been saying the midfield is a problem? And that was even with Alex Scott playing most of last season. You know, no creativity, no goals. I wrote down, I was making a few notes uh, watching the game, but I said, there's no link. There's no link. Well, the, can, the first thing you've got to do is keep the ball. You know, people were criticising Pring and Tanner for not getting up getting up to, in support. We never had the ball in the second half. Okay. And every time we had it, we kicked it away. Yeah. I can't rem- in the second half, I can't remember us stringing three or four passes well, together. Well, we viewed the ball as a hot potato. Mark, um, Ian said there about physicality. Again, picking up on a comment somebody put on OTIB. They had a five foot nine bloke up front, and when the ball was played to him, it stuck. Mm-hmm. Didn't happen with us, did it? No. And we're, no I mean, what they t- we're playing these long balls, and as Ian's just, yeah. we have, we not got the players to, to, to. They don't have the physicality, but that number nine of theirs did, or whoever it was that that person was referring to. 
Yeah, they didn't. They didn't have a. Uh, yeah, they didn't. Well, it wasn't. It wasn't the actual actual number nine. Uh, I mean, they had Fr- Frockyard Jensen, didn't they? Uh, their new signing playing behind Will Keane, who's not exactly the most mobile player. Um, you know, because he, he he played for Wigan last season and and didn't do much. But what they had was a midfield five that suffocated our passing. They sat in low in the first half, and it was almost like they they were feeling this out well not that there was much to see and uh, and decided to push up and Adam Brown was especially effective and Ryan Ledson in, in the second in the second half and they were just strolling through our uh, our midfield and we really needed an extra body in there Joe Williams that's a disadvantage looked, that's the disadvantage of playing this yeah, the thing you can't do is what <laughs> we you can't you can't expect a midfield to perform if you're going to have two key players out all of the time. I think we could have maybe gone to a three and pushed an extra body in there. We could have pushed uh, Sykes in there as a wing back and add Pring uh, as a left wing back. But a couple of the things I noticed, Joe Williams came on, looked robust. When he tried to bring the ball forward, he he burst for a couple of tackles, probably one too many, and always looked like he'd losing control of the ball. Yeah. He was always going to ground and the move would break up and Preston would get the ball. The other thing is, Campering had this trick last season where if he couldn't go outside a defender, he'd push inside. Did that yesterday. There's about three players in front of him. Um, obviously, people had done their homework and he 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 had to go backwards. So he wasn't getting, getting any room. But in in the first half, especially, we just played with no width whatsoever. You could see there was no there was no option to play to play to play the ball wide. And Cornick's playing out wide, but he's allegedly the bet the nearest thing that we've got to a big man up front. Yeah. He just... Well, he doesn't. He can. He can. He can, he can uh, press, but he cannot hold on to the ball. Oh. Uh, and I mean, he played. I think when he. For Luton last season, I think he had some some injury issues, which is why he didn't get into the team. But when he was fit again, he was completely out of contention. And when you compared him uh, with Luton's forwards in the game at Kenilworth Road last season, you could see how far away he was from playing oh, yeah. for them. They looked yeah. far stronger and fitter. And yeah. again yesterday, but the real problem was that mid, we we were the forwards are just so isolated because of we because Preston didn't allow us to play. Knight was always on the periphery. He looked like he was chasing shallow. You're talking about Preston here, yeah? Yeah. Uh, But there we go. Neil, um, rather than dwell on those matters there, I want to talk to you about a couple of uh, incidents in uh, the second half. Um, I don't know whether you've had a chance to see it on replay, but uh, Zach Viner did a tremendous blob, but having seen it a couple of times uh, live when I was watching it, the replay, it almost looked like a goalkeeper going down on the ball have you seen that one and are able to comment or not yeah no i remember that one that that was uh there was a ball over the top and it was a bouncing ball and uh, it was for dicky and it was the one real sort of mistake by dicky in it but he got doubled up so uh they went they doubled up on dicky on the on the bouncing ball and then obviously we lost possession in the box and then um he drove inside and we thought, here we go, shot in. And uh, Zach literally threw himself on the floor, almost Thomas Callas-like, really, in the way that yeah. Thomas would actually throw himself and had the most blocked shots, didn't he, mm. in the championship at times. Um, fantastic block. Var I mean, he was might, fantastic. Do you think Var he, he, might have given that or as a pen? No, or, I don't think no, so. I don't think not. so. Not, okay, not, not so. I mean, what, what, what I'll say <laughs> yesterday, Dave, I, I won't dwell on it, but what, Alex Scott yesterday, one of the stats from last year with him, I know we, you know, complained about his lack of productivity, lack of assists and lack of goals and all the rest of it. But what he is very good at is bringing a tempo to the side. Yeah. Bringing a tempo to the side and he assists the assister. I know that's probably a stat. I think there's a new new stat called GC, goal contribution, isn't it? Or something like that. Is there? He Subtly assists different. his sister. He gets us going in midfield. Yeah. He comes deep. He gets the ball. He drives us forward. We had no one yesterday that was actually trying to get hold of the ball and drive us well, we forward. We don't have a leader. We don't have a leader on the pitch. I mean, I don't think... Well, it's not, so much, it's not so much a leader, I don't think, Dave. It's, it's somebody who can pick the ball up deep and run and go with the ball. And what Pring did, and obviously Mark alluded to it, 
Now, Pring, for me, if I remember at the start of last season, his fitness wasn't great. I think he takes a while to get his fitness up and running again. But they just doubled up on him in midfield. And about three times he lost it, the ball in midfield, and then they broke on us. Yeah. And on some occasions they had three against two. Yes. Because yeah. Tanner had gone forward on the yeah. right. Yeah. He drove into midfield, lost the ball. He's on the halfway line. And they're breaking three and, against two or and, four and against that, three on us. And that losing the ball in midfield, dare I say it. I mean, Pearson can be a praiser of players, but he can also be a critic. He criticised Pring uh, when he did that in the away game at Preston, if not last season. I think it was the season before when he broke and lost the ball high up the pitch. But uh, you're right. I mean, I think Ian said not one of Pring's better game. In fact, I don't. I think Ian said, didn't you, Ian? Probably the worst you've seen Pring play. But was he allowed to? And you got to give a bit of credit to Preston because was he the one? Was he on the side? Was that 17 year old best? Uh, no, that's on the. He was on the other side with Tanner. He? he had Bra- he had Brad Potts. He had Brad Potts, who's really, a unit. The pair of them, the, you know, they 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 well, they were more physical. You know, they just seemed. I know they were having cramp and everybody was all, look at them, they've got cramp, they can't be as fit as we are. But, you know, I think they were running harder during the game than we did. Uh, come to each of you, but sticking with you, Neil, um, Max O'Leary in goal, a couple of decent saves I put, but then came out, poor punch. Uh, is he a good, is he a, is, is he number one goalkeeper without question in your book? He's not got any competition, has he? Well, if you're saying, is he the number one keeper at the club at the moment? And yes, he is. Yeah. But but there's very little competition, isn't there? I think distribution-wise, I made the point on OTIB about his distribution at Cheltenham. Um, Dave Febs asked me to clarify, which I did. Um, I saw the same things yesterday. He gave the ball away a few times. Some of his passing came came out and went to punch a well, went to claim a ball almost like that Millwall game last it, season, it if was you when remember. He went up with Callas and it dropped yeah. to their bloke who scored, yeah. Yeah. And um generally I think he's he's better in the box than Bentley was. I think generally coming for balls, punching balls and all the rest of it. But he's just not quick enough on the ball. You know, yeah. he he gets hold of the ball and he hits the ball with like this backspin and and we hit these long diagonals to to people on the sidelines. I have no idea what we're hoping to do with that because by the time the ball's in the air, it gives the opposition more than enough time just to... What are they supposed to do there? Either they get a little flick on it, goes out for a throw-in or it goes directly out for a throw-in. Chris Martin, Joe Bryan and Aidan Flint, they were all on that position on the halfway line when it was at home. It was usually in front of the bloody dot, in front of the... uh, lands down and then it would be a flicked header but out of control because you're always walking backwards if the ball's coming out to you on that side okay the, the, the time dave just one thing before the time he got hurt yeah max o'leary got hurt that yeah. was because he was slow to come out right that was okay. his ball 100 percent. he needs to come out be assertive there he dithered and then he was late coming out and then he got clattered. he got hurt in the process he got yeah. clattered yeah Ian, your your thoughts on uh, Max? I mean, I think it's bye bye Stefan Bajic, who didn't even make the bench, so that's another uh, inspirational signing from abroad there. But um, you know, if we are going to delve into the transfer market in the twenty odd days that are left, do you think a goalkeeper would be uh, on Nigel's shopping list? Yeah, I've said all the way through. I think we need a, a competition for Max in goal, and uh, I I'd be prepared to to bet that Max will play against Oxford, not Harvey Wells-Richards, on Wednesday. So, um, yeah, we we do. He's amongst a number of players we need, assuming that we can get Naismith and McCrory back reasonably quickly. And I mean right. both of them, not just... I think Naismith is obviously a lot quicker. We, we don't know. We know he's got a bacterial infection. We don't know what's wrong with McCrory. Uh, and how no. long he's likely to be out. And, and it's interesting, we, we talked about that yesterday, Ian, didn't we? Bacterial infection. That's yeah. news that that's come out because it was sort of being dusted up as an injury. And a bacterial infection could be glandular fever and it can wipe you out for two months or more, can't it? Yeah. And, um, you know, it's... You, you, don't, you don't want more details in one way. You can't discuss the player's medical no. record, but he can tell you that it, it's not an injury, it's an illness, which in some ways you think, well, 
mm, that's okay. It's not a viral illness. So he's not got COVID, for example, or long COVID. So so that's good. Um, and, you know, you can't judge him until you see him back. But I'm no. just saying, looking at our team yesterday, it was the same as last season. Neil made a good point. It was last season's team. Yeah. And, you know, we knew we weren't good enough last season. All right. There were some, the odd bright game and the odd bright spots and all the rest of it. But we weren't good enough. And if we're going to play like we did yesterday, you know, the first thing I was doing last night, well, I was looking at the other results and thinking, well, blimey, how many teams in that division are worse than us? And yeah. and which, in other words, which... Well, which I can, I can gonna... give you one. I can give you well, one. QPR. And if... Yeah, well, what, I can give you I can give you more in one day, but that's that's not the point I was making. We need to improve our performance from yesterday by about 50%. Right, yeah. Because no, right. we weren't in the game in the second half. No. And we were chasing, and, we and looked Preston like came a good. I mean, perhaps it was a bad thing that we 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 scored that goal. Perhaps we could have done with getting it a bit later on. Um, so that they they sat in more. But I think. Do you know what? I think you're 100. Second right half. There, second really. half. They got took... that goal. If we'd have got that goal in the 80th minute, yeah, we we'd have been probably sharper in our defending. But in the second half, it was like Preston were a home side, and they were bearing down on us. We couldn't get out of our own half. And as you said, and Pearson, all right, Pearson me... couldn't. Pearson couldn't affect the game with his substitutions. His substitutions, well, we'll come on to if those, anything, we'll come on to those... if anything, made us worse. Yeah. Let's talk about the substitutions. Come to you, Mark. Um, Tommy Conway. Uh, it's all about what they do in training and stuff like that, as Nigel tells us. Uh, Tommy Conway he came on with, well, 69 minutes, 20 minutes ago, plus the extended injury time, although we seem to be one of the few games where added time was pretty much par for the course, nothing special. But uh, um, Tommy Conway and... Hmm, did, did he didn't did he have a chance to impress? Was he unlucky to be left out in your view, Mark? Yeah, possibly. I, I mean, I haven't seen him in pre-season. Um, I, I, I'd like to see him ahead of, of ahead of of Harry Cornick, who's apart from his long throw, didn't really contribute anything. But the the big problem was in midfield. We needed we needed to either change perhaps to a back three. And or we you know, we definitely need an extra an extra body in midfield because it, 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 there was no supply to the forwards and our you know Tanner uh, uh, Viner and and uh, and Dicky had their hands full all the time with wave after wave of attack because Preston were just strolling through us in the second half because there they there was uh, you know they they completely overwhelmed us so it was you know mm. really we needed a tactical tweak. And make it harder for them to to get the ball forward because they were mm. cr it was crossing the ball into the box. Yeah. We just didn't stop the crosses no, coming in. No, no, Neil. Um, let's talk to you first about the equaliser and the degree of inevitability. Um, take us through the goal as as you saw it. Well, I'm a bit clouded here, Dave, because obviously I've seen the goal on the highlights now and the somewhat controversial nature of the ball hitting the arm of um, the guy in the run-up to it. Was it Prodjar's arm it hit, wasn't it? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what the name of the player that it sort of hit, but in all honesty, I didn't see it. I didn't see it at the time. But the ball's bouncing all around there and ultimately we were all sitting up in the dolmen watching it and for a 20 minute period, we didn't get, we didn't lay a finger on him. And it was fairly relenting. And then, and then the ball was going to pring, like I said previously, and he was trying to drive. He was trying to make something happen. And then they broke on us. They broke on us. They broke on us. And it was not Alamo because it wasn't Max flying around making save after save after save. But they got in positions that they were disappointed that they didn't convert. Yeah. Now the goal, the goal itself is the you know the ball's bouncing around in the area. It's a very smart turn and shot by Will Keane at the end of the day, and um, you know my initial thought was, is it one of those that are really good? Um, can you hear me all right? Yeah, we've got you. Yeah, We're fine. carry yeah. on. Oh, okay. Um, it's one of those could have. An excellent keeper actually do, but then I've been told that maybe I'm being a bit harsh on Max. 
it just sort of looked as he's turning, he's coming through a body of players, isn't he? And um, from eight yards or whatever, but it's yeah. disappointing. But in yeah. all, in all honesty, a fair reflection of the game. Oh, they it, thoroughly deserving. Ian, your your take on the goal? I thought, and I know Mark said this to me before we went live. Yeah, it, we were too busy appealing, or were we too slow in because he had there was plenty of enough players around him, wasn't there? But he turned like seemed to take an age, didn't it? Yeah, it was. It wasn't great defending, but don't all start waving your arms around and appealing for a handball. Leave it to the referee. Yeah. If the referee thinks he's handballed it, he's, he'll, he'll blow his whistle. So you play the whistle, in a, especially in a situation when the ball's bobbling around your six yard, six or eight-yard box. Yeah. You know, don't... don't I, I No, it wouldn't... If you see... I've seen the goal back on Sky uh, on the highlights when I got home last night. And uh, no, he's he's got the ball in the corner of the net. It's a good finish. And um, for for me, based on the on primarily on the second half, Preston looked like they were going to, uh, and should have won the game. I, if I was a Preston fan, I'd have been going home disappointed we didn't get all three points. Yeah, yeah. Okay, let's talk before we look forward to uh, Oxford. Can I, can I talk about the ball? Oh, if you go, must, Mark, go on. Yeah, I mean, it, they had three attempts. They had three attempts to score because the ball was played wide to uh, Potts. He puts it in the area. Tanner heads it out. It's then volleyed low. The guy gets his, his knee, knee across his body and uh, Williams deflects it up into the air. And then as it drops, Frockyar handles the ball. I mean, it's, it's, it goes down the side of his body, but his arm's controlling the ball. Yeah. But then they appeal. I think the appeal by Dickey breaks the concentration of the players. He raises his, uh, his arm. Holmes flicks it round the corner to, uh, to Keane, and he controls it well. But I think at the start of the move, Pring's putting no pressure on Potts. He's got to get closer to Potts, stop that first cross coming in. But the big, the big thing is when the ball comes in, in when the ball hits Frockyar's arm, just play to the whistle. Dicky yeah. breaks the concentration, and then I, I think it, it's his poor defending. All right, no, that sounds good. All right, let's talk about some before we look forward to uh, uh, Oxford and uh, uh, Millwall, who I think beat. Middles were away yesterday, didn't they? Yes, yes. Yeah. Finished up one nil. One nil. So, I mean, uh, you, you, all three of you went to the game. Let's talk about e tickets. Just simple yes no answer. Ian, no problems getting in for you. No. Yeah, Mark. Uh, no, no problems at all. Same for you, Neil. Yeah, no problems. That's something the club did get right. I mean, it was interesting that the uh, clock. Uh, we're now told, and we were told this about a week ago, the clock is now meant to keep on running because it was always annoying, wasn't it? That was deemed a thing not to keep running because it put pressure on the referee, yeah? that If the, if the board said, well, we didn't do our clock yesterday, uh, apparently we didn't have time to reprogram it, which I think is, so I'll give them a plus for getting the ticket right on the day, but a clock, can't reprogram a clock, a clock in about... But he three or four days, um, three or four months. No, I think in fairness that that new ruling has only come out within the last ten days. It has only come out within the last ten days. This extra added time, and then again to each of you, what do you think of you first, Ian? What do you think of this new ruling where we're going to end up in most matches? They're all going to finish after five o'clock, aren't they? Yeah. You threw them somewhere. I don't know where you threw them. Yeah. Good old Lisa. Good old Lisa. Yeah, I think um, the yeah, I think it's fair. Um, you go down to watch ninety minutes of football. You don't go down to watch fifty minutes of football, and that's yeah. where we were last season. Um, I don't want to watch clubs time waste and players time waste. Professional footballers will cheat as much as they can within the rules. Mm. They just do, yeah. um, and all clubs do it. We're as bad as anybody else if yeah. we're a goal up with two or three minutes yeah. left. But apart from the fact we can't keep hold of the ball and our set pieces are terrible. Yeah. But um, no, I'm, I'm all for it. Yeah. Mark, did you expect there to be, I mean, a few people said with Wyman's injury in the first half and then all the substitutions, did you expect there to be, I mean, six? That's pretty, well, most games it's been five, hasn't it? Yeah. And there was all those substitutions as well. What do you think? 
I think you've got to, I mean, too much has been left to the referee's discretion uh, before. I think you've got to have every, if you, you either do, it's either all or nothing. Like Ian said, you go down and watch 90 minutes of football. I mean, football, it's dragging it into the 20, into the 20, 21st century with goal line technology was hard enough. Referees, uh, Football is still refereed poorly until they bring in sin bins to stop the stupid fouling and and and, and punish players properly for yeah. persistent fouling. I won't be happy. It's still football is still way behind in terms of the way that uh, the way that the way that it's refereed. So that good 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 for doing that, but it's you know it's, it's too long. Anything too long for you to add on that uh, comment, uh, Neil? I mean, it is good. I think. You know, people say that a 90-minute match, the ball's in play for 54, 55, if you're lucky. But, um, you know, those teams that have got fitness, the number of goals I see the other mob conceded in the 96th yesterday. But, uh, you know, is it a good thing? I mean, the Dolman stand's going to be emptying later than it normally would, wouldn't it? Yeah. Well, I think uh, I think it's going to change um, a few things down the gate, I have to say, because a lot of the buses... Um, tend to go from Bower Ashton about five past five, ten past five. If we start getting, you know, ten minutes of injury time or whatever like that, you're going to see great swathes of people looking at their watches thinking, Christ, I have to get out of Ashton Gate on a hurry up to get these buses back from from all these various places because everything's sort of timed on the basis of the old things. Um, what speeds up the game? I noticed yesterday that multi-ball system. Multi-ball, it did. It was very good. When yeah. it was the, the, the throw-ins, the throw-ins were just like zoom. People were really having to switch on. Yeah. With when the ball went out of play, you know, and people are jogging back. Suddenly, you know, you got this. Oh yeah. Four, four balls up the the line and some quick throws going the yeah, whole yeah, time. Yeah, no, you got to be, you got to be on it. All right, uh, chaps, let's look forward very briefly to. Uh, Oxford. I mean, I'll give you my pennyworth on that. I mean, it is an opportunity to change the team a little, uh, but with the injuries that we've got and stuff like that, I mean, I can't see um, McCrory or Naismith walking straight back into the side with no preparation other than maybe playing half an hour against Oxford, but we don't seem to have this game in the reserves and then you come back. But uh, Ian, uh, you you first. I mean, Oxford, obvious one. Uh, Roberts, Pring? The people that didn't start, in other words, all the players on the bench, should start against Oxford. So in order to uh, rest, so players can rest and recover... Um, in time to play Millwall, where I I think we should set up completely differently. Otherwise, right. we're going to get hammered. Um, so I I think players that didn't start. So Roberts, for example, you make the point. Yes, he comes in for Pring. Arroyo could come in for Dickey. Some of the players will still have to play because we haven't got enough players fit in the squad to make the changes. Because yeah. once again. And I'll, I'll repeat it. On average, we have four to six players injured at all times for every game of the season. And they're first team, first team squad players. Yeah. Um, and we've got six out now. Uh, yeah. Hopefully, Scotty will be back for Millwall. I'm hoping Cal Naismith will be back for Millwall. Um, because even Would if you play can... Scott on Wednesday against Oxford, though, Ian? No. You definitely wouldn't. not. Okay. All right. Um, and, and you'd start you'd start with Sykes, Conway, and Mametti, yeah. Uh, against Oxford, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I so thought Tommy, you, Tommy, like Tommy to that... me, Tommy and... yesterday to me looked like he just looked like an under eighteen player playing against a a a a, a man centre half. He yeah. just he didn't look sharp. He looked like a little bit like you know when you you've had the flu. And and you and you you're a bit achy and a bit. He just didn't have the physicality. I mean, the service to our forwards, as I said, is terrible. So I don't think it makes any difference no. who you be there. But right. um, I would, um, uh, yeah. You you can play. You can make those are three easy changes to make. So just make them. It gets gets minutes in the players' legs. It gets them a proper competitive game, yeah. not against you know the dog and duck or shooting bunny reserves who we, we were playing in. Um, uh, and we were playing in pre-season. I mean, Pearson made a very interesting point. He said, well, 
when he was asked about how did pre-season go, he said, well, you know, we think it, it's gone OK, but we'll only really know when we go out there Saturday. Well, if that's a result of, of our pre-season and we served up that, then we need to radically do it. And, and the other point I want to make is this fitness and conditioning camp in Austria, Naismith and McCrory went there. They haven't kicked a ball since they came back. No. No, so we can't blame the HPC for that. Let me come to let me come to you, uh, Mark. Just on Oxford, we'll come back to Millwall in a moment. But Mark, uh, changes. Um, I mean, could he could he maybe rest Zach and put uh, Dickie at, rather than have two inexperienced to back uh, four? Could he put uh, could he put Dickie on the right side? Yeah, and I'm surprised that Harry Leeson, who featured quite well, he didn't even get a squad number because he could have rested Tanner. And give him a run out against Oxford, couldn't you? Really? Well, you still can. You, you sorry, I'm on Mark. Run. Sorry, yeah, you can, but not. Yeah. Well, Leeson hasn't got a number. Mark, your uh, your thoughts on Oxford? What changes? I think. Uh, I mean, you could rest Sack, put 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 a Roy in, and play big Dickie there. Um, I mean, to be quite honest, I mean, it's easy to say we should beat Oxford. They struggled at the end of last season, lost again yesterday to Cambridge. They're a team going backwards, but we know take things at your peril. You know, when we played Lincoln last season, we we were awful, I think, in the second round of the League Cup. But yeah, make a lot of changes. Um, Scott's not be ready. He's got a swollen knee. McCrory won't be ready for weeks. Naismith definitely, definitely, maybe, maybe ready. Maybe he's got a half in him. But you could change the front three. Andy King could play, could play in there. Start with Joe Williams. Uh, definitely play Hayden Roberts. I love to see Hayden Roberts. Um, I wish you know, it'd be nice to see him come on yesterday. Yeah. Um, I don't you know why right. he, didn't, he didn't get a few minutes. But yeah, make a make a few changes. But. To me, it's you. What you want to see a performance from 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 whoever, whichever eleven starts on on uh, on uh, Wednesday and really pushes the first team because that game on Saturday with Millwall beating Middlesbrough, one of the other favourites, Millwall were a team who are punching well, up again. We come aren't they? on to we come on to the fixtures before the international break, but just stick in uh, Neil with the uh, with yourself. I mean, you know, it's it's Oxford at home. It's a must win. Get must win. We should <laughs> not must win. In the We're only the second game of the season. No, no, no. It's it's <laughs> it's a it's a game on must win. It's a should win comfortably game. And do you think if the team that's selected put in a performance, yeah, that's decent, yeah, do you think they would be worthy of keeping their places on? Saturday against Millwall. And I'm thinking specifically there, if Roberts came in for Prick, because he could play, he could keep it safe and go Max O'Leary in goal, Tanner, Viner, Dickie, Roberts, yeah. And Pring was so poor in some people's eyes, you know, that's the general view seems to be coming off of Otip, that Pring is probably one whose place is in jeopardy for Millwall if the team do well on Wednesday night. What do you say to that and the Wednesday game? Right, quite a few questions there. Eh? Yeah, um, <laughs> let's um, let's let's deal with Pring first of all. Pring will play against Millwall next weekend. Right. Okay, because Pring has one thing that big physical team. I saw Roberts play up at Cheltenham. He is a very good footballer, David. A very good footballer, but he's five foot nine. Okay. So I th- so I think um, potentially he could do, do a job in midfield for us. You know, in a similar type vein to how Naismith is is dropped in there as well. Roberts is a very good player. I fully expect him to play against Oxford. The players on the bench, as as Ian has said, absolutely valid point. We need minutes from them. I saw Conway at Cheltenham as well, and he just didn't look sharp. And he came on yesterday, and he didn't put himself around at all. Very un... Conway like 25, 25 minutes from him, really. I mean, we were watching up there and for some players at the start of the season, they just need some sharpness elements of it. So I fully expect the front three to be Mimetti, Conway and Sykes. Um, in the midfield, it's a difficult thing in the centre because a lot of these lads, a lot of the young lads have obviously been, well... OTC, where is he now? I don't know. No. There's some rumours around him. Cadge has gone off to... Uh, Cadge was on the bench at Cheltenham. Now he's gone off to Forest Green. Uh, 
you haven't got a lot of young lads to actually play in the centre no. really alongside it. So I think Knight will stay there. Um, he might rest James and bring King in for James or something like that. Yeah. Williams came off the bench, so Williams might need the minutes. Max will Jed, stay in goal because I think Jed Max Mere needs Holtz sharpness. Sorry? Mere Holtz. Jed in midfield. Well, that's a big leap though, isn't it? But yeah, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't, yeah. I wouldn't get hung up, Dave. I wouldn't get hung up with these squad numbers things. I mean, basically, just because they're not in that first team squad doesn't mean they can't actually play. No, 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 no. I know that. It, it was surprising though that Arroyo got a number. And well, well they can, they can only name twenty five, can't they? Is that right? Twenty six. Yeah. Twenty six. So that's yeah. similar to the. Well, I didn't know that. There you go. Shows well. So you say, can't. I don't know what I'm talking about. So. Yeah, so you can name you name twenty six. Yes. <laughs> it just doesn't. It doesn't mean that they can't play. All right. All right. Okay. Look, what I don't want to do. Let's not talk about because we'll be giving um, our listeners a, a a review of the Oxford game on the Thursday morning. Those of you that are with me today in the studio and those that are listening, we'll do that Thursday morning. We we'll talk about the transfer window and possible activity in that one, and we'll look forward to the Millwall game in that one as well on Thursday morning. But I just got to say, you know, we're there's four games now until the international break and hopefully one Caribou Cup second round tie, assuming we uh, assuming we um, beat Oxford. But God, goodness me. I mean, we said last week, you know, eight points from the opening five games would be acceptable. Yeah, uh, it would be the 1.7 points a game needed to probably get into the playoffs. But when you look at it, was it Millwall away, Birmingham at home, Hull away and Swansea away, three out of the next four away from home. Ian, you know, it. I mean, this division, you could win four in a row, but we got to, you've said we got to improve 50%, yeah? So... What's your points hole from the next four league games, if I can ask you that? Uh, well, wouldn't it be nice to get eight? Uh, but I, uh, my my thoughts are that if if you've got, uh, it's about performance for me. If yesterday was a a three all thriller, where with both sides with a feast of attacking football and both sides looking bang on it in sharp, I'd have a different view as to the what I saw yesterday, which disappointed me at so many levels. So um, the way I can't see us, if we play like we did yesterday, we'll be lucky to get four points. Yeah. If we play like we did yesterday, we know we can play better than that. Yeah. Excuse me, because we've seen us play better than that. Yeah. So please, God, um, we play a lot better than that. Uh, and and we pick up the eight points from those games that I'd like to see us get. I mean, look, we drew that game yesterday. If we went to Millwall and got a win, you'd say, well, what a great start. We played two. We got four points. Go on like of that. Course the rest would, of, the yeah, 100% the rest of, of course you would, Ian. 100% of course you would. But this was, this was the opening game. And yeah. no easy games, but, you know, it, it, throughout the next four away, this was the one that you... you the, the pressure's on at Millwall at the best of times, right? But you've got to get something up there for it not to be... Well, Millwall, Millwall's going to be a very interesting game at a number of levels. Uh, certainly for what they've done to accommodate the fans on a day when there's no trains, um, that is going to be a very difficult getting City fans in and out of that ground. Um, yeah. Because what they normally do is they keep the bottom tier empty and they only populate the top tier, and they do that for segregation. What they've done now, apparently, is they've absolutely divided it in two. So if you imagine the Atio divided right and left, and they've got top and bottom, Millwall fans next to City fans in the top tier and the bottom tier, I mean, what could possibly go wrong? Oh, dear. Um, All right. And there's All no, right. there's no, there's no coward, what they call the coward's walk, so the way you walk down from the yeah, tube. Yeah. And go straight into the away end. That that apparently that's closed off. Um, so it'd be very interesting to all see right. what happens. And City have sold nearly all of the nearly all or all, all of right. their tickets. All so right. that'll so be interesting game. at a number of levels. Yeah. Mark, um, 
four games, three of them away in the league. I mean, yesterday's was the one where you wanted to give yourself a kickstart. As Ian said, if we get something at Millwall, um, what, what, what do you think we'll go into the international break with as a points total? Well, based on yesterday, I think four points would be good. But as long as you take some, as long as you learn from the mistakes in your first game, you know, you can easily move forward. I was just looking at Luton's first four results from last season and they only got two draws, right. you know, and went, and went on to, uh, to, fin- to finish third. So it doesn't make any difference as long as, you improve, as long as you improve your levels significantly. That's yeah. what we have to do. We have to compete physically. We have to have some intensity. We know it's going to be a hard physical game. But Millwall have improved season on season. They did spend a little bit of money last season. It's not like they were brassic where they used to be. They are very competitive and they're one of the teams that should be competing for the playoffs. Yeah. But we've got to improve, like Ian said, that fifty percent right. to have a chance. You're right, you're right there, Mark. I mean, as you say, Luton only drew two of their opening four or five. Four. Yeah. yeah. Only four. I don't know how they did in match five. Yeah, we'll have had one. They won. <laughs> They won their opening game, did they? No, no, no. They, they lost the, they, they won the fifth game. I think they've lost the fourth game to us 2 0 when we uh, right. we had Mark Sykes sent off. Um, we were bossing that game 1 yeah. 0, uh, 2 2 0. Okay. And, and they looked awful. You looked at yeah. Luton in, in, that, in, in that game and thought, crikey, they looked like relegation candidates they and how they that did. changed. All right. Neil, uh, just to finish with, uh, with, with yourself, um, Mark's put a sense of perspective into it it's a 46 game season um but you know no easy games at this level but three out of four away yeah saturday against pne was the one you really wanted to give yourself a kickstart to take the pressure off a little bit yeah yeah i, th- I think we just we look rusty dave we look rusty the players players other than zach and dicky I think every other player could probably look at themselves and say that they could play better. I mean, it was a bizarre comment by Pearson at, in his presser on Radio Bristol afterwards when he said, well, we just saw what the championship was all about. And I was like, <laughs> well, well, we know what the championship is all about. Why, why, why? You know, it's like if we're going to go onto a field comment. and it just... He made, that's interesting you picked up on that, Neil, because he sort of made that comment twice. If you look at the BBC website, I haven't heard his... BBC interview. I might have heard the City interview, but he said we know what it's like, and he said it twice in the same interview. You know, and yeah, yeah. So, so yesterday was rusty. We can play better. Let's just hope we do, because ultimately, start of last season, Borough were down the bottom, Coventry were down the bottom, and Luton were down the bottom, yeah. and look West how Brom it happened. Down, West Brom were down the bottom. Yeah, yeah. So you know. Let's let's see how the season pans out. But it, it was very, very rusty yesterday and it was yeah. pedestrian and it was a bit turgid, really, wasn't it? I like that. So, rusty, but we didn't lose. Turgid. Yeah, that's good. But we yes. didn't lose. We didn't lose, Dave. We didn't lose. Just, we didn't just, lose. In, just interestingly, looking at those clubs you mentioned, am I right in saying that all apart from Coventry changed their manager? Uh, well, I think Luton didn't change as such. That that was forced well, on them with Nathan Jones, yeah, wasn't but it? They, but... Yeah, but Nathan, they did change their manager for whatever reason. The other two sacked their managers. So Corbram went in at West Brom. Um, Carrick went in at Borough. Uh, so it was three out of the four changed their managers. Now, it, it, if we, we I'm, I'm going to take a really considered look after 10 games. Fair enough. No, I think Ian, I think you're right. And we need we need to be we need to be around the top ten for me after ten games. If not, yeah. and and we've we've got players back. If not, you've got to start looking at it and thinking, could somebody else get a better tune? I'm yeah. sorry, but but you know we 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 just. And I'm not suggesting anything happens now. I'm just saying that take a good look after ten games. Because we can't go on performing like we did yesterday. No, no. And if yesterday, and if we put in a mediocre... We'd want to see a performance at Millwall yeah. next week. You want to see a performance up there. And if it was a performance, maybe we lost 2-1. And don't you just know it, Joe Bryan will probably score against us. You just know that's going to happen. Put your money on him to score now. 
But look, it's a long, long season. We're right at the start of it. Guys, thanks for your contribution today and everybody who's listened on the Zoom platform. Thanks for joining us as well. And we'll be back with a review of Oxford on Thursday morning. All the best, everybody. Thanks for listening. Cheers, mate. Thanks. Thanks, Jeff. As happy as a king when the red, red robin comes bow, bow, bowing along. Along. There'll be no more sobbing when he starts throbbing his old sweet song. Oh, wake up, wake up, you sleepyhead. Get up, get up, get out of bed. Cheer up, cheer up, the sun is red. Live, love, laugh and be happy. What if I've been blue? Now I'm walking through fields of flowers. Rain may glisten, but still I listen for hours and hours. I'm just a kid again, doing what I did again, singing a song. When Richard Robbins out bob bob bobbing along. When Richard Robbins comes bob bob bobbing along, along. There'll be no more sobbing when he starts robbing his old sweet song. Oh, wake up, wake up, you sleepyhead, get up. Get up, get out of bed, cheer up, cheer up, the sun is red, live, love, laugh and be happy, what if I've been blue, now I'm walking through fields of flowers, rain may glisten, but still I listen for hours and hours, I'm just a kid again, doing what I did again, singing a song, when the red, red robin starts bobbing along. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you still the last nugget snatching all three points. Perfect. All the McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? Our participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and time supply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.